0: you are listening to the next best picture podcast and this is our review of blinded by the light
1: still coming to my party tonight yeah of course
0: emma's mates are coming and i know one who would be perfect for you she's not fussy really first day start at the top and stay there stay away from the girls i want to be a writer but my family is stuck in another century. Writing isn't a job. I need you to do more. Make a wish, Vita. Kiss a girl and get out of this dump. Bruce is the direct line to all this true in this shitty world. Seriously? What does he know about our world? i just live in a dump like this. There's something You should be listening to our music before you start getting confused and hating yourself. I listen to everything. I can feel it all right here. It's like Bruce knows everything I've ever felt, everything I've ever wanted. My poems. They're not brilliant, but they're mine. Do you think that this
1: man sings for people like us? But he talks to me. You cannot be serious, mate. My dream was to come here and work hard for my family. If you don't try to fix this, we will lose our son for good.
0: This guy is incredible. You've never heard
1: lyrics like his. Is that Billy Joel? Billy Joel? You try and raise your kids right, Jay.
0: things about. Not letting the hardness of the world stop you from letting the best of you slip away. My hope is to build a bridge to my ambitions, but not a wall between my family and me. Purpose of your visit? I'm going to see Bruce Springsteen's hometown. I can't think of a better reason to visit the United States than to see the home of the boss. Traps like us. Baby, we were born to run. Did you write that? I've told you before, your lyrics are rubbish. I didn't even rhyme! Alright everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for Blinded by the Light, and the story is as follows. Javed is a British teen of Pakistani descent growing up in 1987 England. Amidst the racial and economic turmoil of the times, he writes poetry as a means to escape the intolerance of his hometown and the inflexibility of his traditional father. But when a classmate introduces him to the music of Bruce Springsteen, Javed sees parallels to his working class life in the powerful lyrics. As Javed discovers an outlet for his own pent-up dreams, he also begins to express himself in his own voice. The film is starring Vivek Kalara, Colvinder Geer, Mira Ganatra, Nell Williams, Aaron Pagura, and Dean Charles Chapman. It is written and directed by Girinda Chada, and it is co written by Paul Maeda Burgess and Safraz Manzur. Joining me for this podcast review, I have Casey Lee Clark. Hello. And Josh Parham. Hello, hello. Baby, we were born to run. <laughs> Sing Street 2. Let's do this. All right. Not really. At the end of the day, I remember when I saw this film back at Sundance and the vibe that I got from it was, well, that's certainly going to leave the audience uh pretty happy, all things considered. Because this is just, whew. This is just a crowd pleaser through and through in so many different ways. Blinded by the light, based uh, off of the life of a writer and the book that he also wrote, uh, Safraz Manzur, grew up uh, very much uh, just like Javed does in this movie, in Britain, Pakistani family, discovers the music of Bruce Springsteen, changes his life, and i gotta say like initially speaking when i saw like the plot synopsis for this, and i'm sure when people saw the trailer it's like one of those things where you, it, it it's like it shouldn't work you know it's like maybe too light or just too happy or just too earnest and full and good and in 2019 who needs that when the world is shitty well guess what We need the light, (laughs) you know, we need to be blinded by it. This is exactly the feel good movie that I think people are craving right now at this current time. But enough from me. What I want to know from all of you is what's your relationship to Bruce Springsteen music and what did you ultimately think of Blinded by the Light? Uh, Josh, we'll start off with you.
1: Well, I would say that I am probably somebody that is not like a super fan of Springsteen at all. I do like many of the songs that he's written. I think that he's very talented, but I'm very, like, kind of agnostic mostly when it comes to him. Like, it's good music. If it's on the radio, I'll listen to him, but I don't necessarily go out of my way to become a devoted fan of his. And knowing that that was basically the hook of this movie, I thought to myself, okay, it's not really for me, but I can have a sense of empathy with characters. I can hope that I can get invested in their story and I felt like I did with this film I think this movie is very upbeat and very charming and I think it has a lot of charm to burn and I think that's what really helps this movie a lot the story to it I wasn't that impressed with it kind of goes through a lot of cliches that you've seen before but there's just such an infectious energy to it that you relate to these characters and the plights that they're going through and the performances are so good too that that kind of helped me not forget, but kind of put to the side some of the deficiencies in the story. And overall, I think it's a really sweet and charming movie.
0: All right. All right. Casey, it's your review that is up on the website right now. Tell everyone what you thought of Blinded by the Light and what has also been your relationship with Bruce Springsteen music.
2: Yeah. So I wrote some of this in the review, but I I feel like I ended up forgetting stuff, which I think is good because then I can, you know, have more to say in this, and not just regurgitate the same stuff, which is good. Um, no, but I am a classic rock kid. I was on the review for Rocket Man as well, and just i I am Javette. I am the kid liking the stuff that people's parents find cool, but everybody else thinks is dumb and weird. like i I feel that on a personal level. But I never was like a super Bruce Springsteen fan like that what I think he wasn't in the top of my listenings or whatever, but then in recent weeks, and I think it might've been seeing this trailer that like reminded me of certain songs that I've been listening to Springsteen a lot recently. And so going to this movie, it was just like, oh, nice. I get to hear this music that I really like. And also in a different context, like there's certain songs like Dancing in the Dark that I've always just found as a really like fun little upbeat song. And I like that this movie took like, made me really focus on the lyrics of it and make me look at things in a different way from a fan perspective. But I think, like I said in my review, I I just fell in love with this movie, and I it made me feel so happy, like you said, and it's so charming. And it's one of those that, yeah, I think that the story, like, you can kind of figure out where it's going, and it falls into a lot of cliches. I don't know how much new is being brought to the table here, but I do think that a lot of the, like, the real-world serious things that are happening in it, I think kind of make that a little more valid. Plus, I think it is just, like, charming fun, And I feel like it really captures what it's like to fall in love with a certain type of music when you're that young and like what it means to be like a teenager basically and to just like really passionately love something. And I, I, all I wanted to do was just run through the streets and sing and like just not have no care in the world. And I also like the amount of times that he's like singing along to the music in it. And it never becomes a musical in the way of he's just singing the songs. Like there's a little bit of a balance there that I really like. And yeah, I don't know. I just fell in love with it. And my rating is in my review. But if I'm on that scale, I've set with that review. But deep down, it's like near the top of my 2019 so far. Like, I'm already (laughs) looking at when I'm going to be able to see it again, because it's playing at a movie theater a block away from my apartment. And I'm like, I could find two hours to kill and just like go in real quick. Like, (laughs) I am, I just know that it's going to be one of those movies like Sing Street or like the big sick that's like, maybe not the most like, artistically crafted directing and whatever and perfect script, but that I just see over and over again throughout the year and just like becomes like a favorite of mine.
0: Yeah. I don't think that there's anything wrong with comparing this movie in many ways to sink street for the fact that they are both about, um, young people changing the course of their life through music. There's this connection that when we hear music, especially in film, I don't know about you guys, but for me especially, a well-placed song or musical cue from a composer can instantly change how I feel about a movie, a scene, a character. It just has such an emotional tug for me. And whether that's supposed to be for sadness or joy or distress, fear, whatever it might be, music just holds a kind of power that I think is maybe, maybe, just maybe, the most important thing in a director's toolbook for eliciting an audience emotional response. And I love that this movie embraces that wholeheartedly, that director uh, Gurinder Chada, who also uh, directed uh, movies like Bend It Like Beckham or Bride and Prejudice. There is a bit of directorial flash in this that another musical film that was released earlier this year, uh, yesterday, uh, you know, kind of went maybe a little overboard at times with uh, some of the style that director Danny Boyle brought to it. But here, there seems to be actual purpose behind it. There's also a lighter uh, budget Attributed to this film. I believe that the uh, budget for it is uh, about $15 million. And most of that, I believe, is going towards the music rights. Probably,
2: yeah. yeah I was going to say. Although, yeah, it does have some flashiness in the directing. There's a lot of, like, a really nice color palette. And there's a lot of use of, like, symmetrical shots and things.
0: And the uh, lyrics as text on the screen.
2: Yeah, which I ended up really liking. I mentioned this in my review that when I saw it in the trailer, I was like, Oh, God, I hope that's not in the movie. That's, like, to overkill. But I think that why it's used in the movie is for you to really be listen, looking at what those lyrics are saying. Yeah. Like it's so it's not just you're not just listening to the song like you are because it also says it in the movie that he like will take out the little album and certain and read what the lyrics are like it's poetry. And I think that that's like a clever tool to really be like, oh, that's what this song is saying.
0: And I think that's the key is that Javed has desires to be a writer. He's writing poems and the written word in this case as lyrical form, is so important to who this character is and how he wants to use words to change people's perceptions and to, you know, alleviate their concerns, fill their hearts, set them on new uh, paths towards life, whatever it might be. Words have meaning and the meaning can elicit a form of change. And he's someone that's just so earnest and so full of exuberance that you just believe that this is a guy who... With the right creative outlet, he can elicit change for the better in people, in humanity. And as a result, we want to see him succeed. We want to see him happy and living life, even if it is just listening to the music, you know, um, which is something that's uh, rather comforting to know, which is that, heck, even if he never became uh, successful or whatever the case might have been, he would at least always have the music, you know, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I think a lot about the intent behind this movie and how it is so earnest and how it just wears its heart on its sleeve. And I know some people have called it cliche, overly sentimental, light, all these different things. But in terms of movies I've seen this year that would fall underneath that category, I would venture to say that none have done it better than Blinded by the Light.
1: Yeah, I think I can agree with that. And like,
0: there's a place for it. Just because you don't prefer it doesn't mean it shouldn't exist. You know, the happy go lucky kind of movie. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And one element to this film that I also just really did find so endearing is that that story of a person who has this artistic thing that they want to get out and is kind of frustrated by it and finally finds a mode of inspiration. and. I admit I'm kind of a sucker for those stories. And I thought that this one did that so, so well. And you really get the earnestness of this film that really wants to celebrate people having this creative outlet and trying to express it in any way they can and getting inspiration from these very particular places that fill them with so much passion and emotion. And, you know, that's all stuff that I really get into in in types of stories. And I thought this film did it really well. And you know what I think
0: this movie does extremely well too is that it really highlights not only the power of words as we've expressed too but, and music, but also the power of family, um, the feeling of joy, of love, of con- a connectivity. There's a very, very universal element to this film with so many of the different themes that it touches on. And I think that is mostly crystallized in the fact that This is a character who is from an immigrant family living in a different country than where his his family came from in a different time era, 1987 in this case. And I think that what's most important about this movie and the message that it ultimately, like, I mean, there's a lot of messages being put out with this movie. But the one ultimately for me at the tip top that resonated above, above all others is that it doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter where you came from. Doesn't matter what your family is like. Doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. Doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Music is for everybody. Creativity is for everybody. Love, joy, all these emotions that we are meant to experience in life, they are for everybody. How can you not be down with that?
2: (laughs) I think also, like going back to that family element, I think what makes it work a lot is I feel like, particularly with the character of the father in it, how a lot of times these types of films, it's very much one note. And I feel like there's elements of it, this character that make it so you kind of understand where he's coming from and you do feel some sort of sympathy for him. Or at least it feels like a more complex relationship than just stern, disapproving, traditional dad.
1: No, uh,
0: the actor who plays him, uh Gur, uh, um, as, as uh, Javed's father in this, I thought he was absolutely phenomenal. He's great. Yeah. So good.
1: Oh, he's so, so good.
0: And you're right, Casey. I think you hit the nail around the head there that he's not your stereotypical disapproving father. There's a fleshed out character there with lots of, um, not just lots of complex emotions. And there's also a reasoning behind uh, that character's viewpoint.
1: Yeah.
0: And even, you know, even though it does maybe go down a predictable route, I would argue that that route it goes down is still, uh, it it is still provided to us within reason. And as a result, that like that ending, as cheesy it might be, it feels earned.
2: Yeah. And it also doesn't feel like, it never feels out of nowhere, even if it is predictable. Like it never feels not true.
0: Exactly. Like it always, you're
2: just like, yeah, I might predict it, but it makes sense. Yeah. There's not a lot of things in this movie that like, you know, it falls a cliche route and it doesn't feel earned to an extent.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what's also really great about the character, the father, is that he is somebody that, while he does have a lot of the tropes that we've seen of the, as we said, the disapproving, stern father, it's not like he's against his son because he's like, oh, I don't like that hippie music or something like that. It's coming from a place of actually caring about his family, wanting his family to be happy. And especially wanting his family to be happy in a world that may not always accept them for being the things that they actually want to be. And that level of complexity and nuance is what really makes him a fascinating character. And, yeah, the the performance of that actor is just so good. He is so good in this movie. He might be my favorite performance in the film. I, yeah,
0: I I, I think so too. And that's nothing against uh, Vivek uh, Kal- Kalra. I hope I'm saying his name correctly, as I hope I'm saying a couple of names correctly in this. Um, but I, I actually thought as far as like a newcomer is uh, concerned here in this lead role, um, I was really, really taken in by that character's uh, transformation. And... You know, the journey that he goes on as a wide eyed, impressionable, but yet ever always earnest uh, lead. You know, it, it's hard to take a role like that, you know, the smiling, good kid, uh, and really like make him interesting. And I, I know that there's a lot of other elements at work in this, right? Like I was saying before, the music, of course, is one thing, how uh, Gorinda uh, directs it, you know, at times with some of the flashy elements is another. But if you didn't cast the lead role of Javed correctly with this, the whole movie would completely fall apart. You know, it reminds me of in Sing Street um, for Dia Walsh Pilo. Yeah. And it's like, where did you come from? Who is this person? You know, and yet they made the movie work and you wanted to follow uh, that actor and that character along uh, that journey. And I think the same applies here. You know, they're two totally different types of movies, but I think the feeling that one gets from both of them, and of course, they're both so uh, concerned with music. I think that plays a reason into that. Um, I, I think that that feeling is the same. So yeah. it's a very, very easy recommendation for me to say that if you like Sing Street, you'll probably enjoy Blended by the Light, I think.
2: Yeah. The second I got out of it and I texted my mom about the movie, who, her and I watched Sing Street together for the first time. I was like, oh, you'll like this. You'll You'll like it. It's great. Yeah, this is a good, like, your parents will probably like it kind of movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I definitely agree with that. Maybe maybe they're fans of Bruce.
0: You know, know, that might might double in the fun. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) I do just want to mention again, um, Kalra, who plays uh, the main character, he does just have so much charm to him. And Mm -hmm. you're right, Matt, that if you don't get that right, then the rest of the movie is going to collapse. And he is a great anchor to this story. and. He's able to really sell you both the lighthearted, charming moments, but also sell those dramatic moments as well. I think there's mm-hmm. especially a scene at the end that this is like just a close up of him giving a speech. And I was just in awe of what he was doing. I, I think that he is great in this movie. And if there's any justice in the world, this will be a breakout moment for him to show up in other stuff because he is a definite talent that deserves it.
0: Absolutely, And uh, shout out to uh, some of the supporting cast members, you know, Haley Otwell as uh, Javed's teacher, uh, Miss Clay. We have Nell Williams, Dean Charles Chapman from Game of Thrones, Woo! Uh, playing supporting characters in this. Although I want to just say for the record that um, I don't really like how the Dean Charles Chapman character, his friend uh, Matt, who comes from uh, obviously uh different background. He's, he's, you know, he's white uh, compared to uh, Javed. And, you know, the music taste is also a little bit different. And I just feel like that's like a side story that kind of just kind of got lost in the movie, I feel like, a little bit too yeah. much.
2: Yeah, I feel yeah. like that part probably got a little bit underwritten. But I also, I like that it's there. I like especially that it's not like he gets an entire town to become Bruce Springsteen fans. Like it's still uncool. And I kind of like that aspect of it, that it's just like, it's just something that him and this other guy really like. And I find mm-hmm. that like charming about it. But yeah, I do think that like there could have been some more work done there with the, um with the friend character
1: to be in a relationship. I, to be honest, I feel like that uh, criticism could be applied to both of his friends. Cause his True. Yeah. Introduces Springsteen to him. I'm oh, yeah. Kind of wanting to see, like, well, what is his life like? What is. Yeah. What is mm. his worldview like? Because he's also from an outsider perspective as well. But, you know, he's not Pakistani. He's sheikh. Uh, and that would have been a really interesting thing to explore also. But it just felt like he was always on the sidelines. And I get it that he's a supporting character, but. It felt like that was a missed opportunity to make the film feel a lot richer and more complex. And it, some of the supporting characters, I do think, are very underwritten. And that was something that I wish the movie had dived a little bit more deeply into.
0: You know, he does come back later on in the film and they uh, end up taking a trip uh, to the States to see Bruce Springsteen's uh, hometown <laughs> in Jersey. And, uh, you know, I- I'm going to be completely honest, um, going into this movie, like I'm not the world's biggest Bruce Springsteen fan. Like, my 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 experience, my exposure to Bruce Springsteen has literally been the following. Uh, Born to Run, which I think is, you know, probably his most popular song. I, at least I think it is. I don't really yeah, know. Yeah,
2: I would... That and, like, Born in the USA, probably.
0: Yeah, I, I was gonna say, Born in the USA. I literally, I only have uh, four points to make here. Santa Claus is coming to town yeah. because it plays on the radio every year during Christmas, all right? And fourth the Oscar nomination that he should have gotten and win for The Wrestler. <laughs> 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 that has been, like, my entire exposure to Bruce Springsteen, my entire life. I don't, I, I don't think I've ever heard any other Bruce Springsteen songs outside of those four. So, going into this, not, not that there was so much hesitation, because I had a feeling that this, you know, if anything, would be a kind of movie that would be widely accessible um, because it was being done by uh, Gurinder Chada, who... You know, did a really, really great job uh, with a lot of other films in her filmography before this one. And I just felt like I was in good hands that, okay, this isn't going to just be for the the Springsteen diehards. It very much worships him and really does put him up on a pedestal at times, it feels like. like It almost could come off as like a love fest and it's like roll your eyes at it a little bit. But I think that for me, and maybe I speak to others when I say this this movie made me want to listen to more Bruce Springsteen as somebody who hadn't really had that much exposure to him before. And I cannot think of a higher compliment to give this movie than that, because I think that that is, it's obviously the basis for everything that the story is about, right? And so if by listening to more Bruce Springsteen, and if I can get a similar message that Javert is able to get out of that, and maybe apply it to my own life and others out there that are listening can do the same, then, you know, we've all just fallen into good graces then, haven't we? (laughs) (laughs)
1: There's
2: just so much infectious joy in this. Like, I was just so happy when I left the theater. And I immediately like, because I have a couple Springsteen records, like playing them around my house. I was like, I was like, I just want to like, dance and run around and sing. And like, I, which I never really had that feeling from his music. I like sometimes sing along, but like, It just like I think like what you were saying earlier about how music can like make a film, the amount of songs and artists and things that have played in movies and I like you think of their songs differently then and it almost makes you like them more because you have this like sensory overload of like a
1: visual memory with it too. Like yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the great thing about what this movie does is I don't think you have to be a Springsteen fan to really get into this story because what it does offer is a window into characters who just get inspired by a piece of art out there. And that's something that most people can identify with. So even if you're not necessarily inspired by Springsteen's music, there is probably something out there that has spoken to you in a very deep and personal way, and you've just thrown yourself into it. And the movie does a really good job of establishing that kind of emotional connection, but not making it dependent on the actual material. And that's what makes it such a good crowd pleaser to me
0: the movie also does a good job of taking events that are taking place in 1987 as it pertains to racism and this alt-right uh protest uh movement that's happening as well that can be applied also to today
2: yeah a lot of stuff felt very like i feel like you can take elements of this especially of like the way that muslim people are victimized in this country all the time like it and like seeing the way that people are like talking to him in this movie versus what we see in the news now. Like it felt very current in that way, even if it was like Thatcher era Britain.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know, like I was saying, it's one of those things I think also to subliminally tells us that Bruce Springsteen's music is timeless in that way. yeah um I know I know it's kind of, uh, you know, set alongside something that obviously should be completely wiped out from the place uh, face of the planet and should not be timeless, obviously, this ongoing uh, battle against hatred. But the lyrical content that gives us the courage to rise up, to become our own best selves, and to make that change in the world for the better, I I, I think that is the ammunition that one needs in order to start a movement, or to uh, have a moment of inspiration, or whatever it might be. And that is a good takeaway, at least for me at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, yeah. One other thing that I kind of just thought about, actually, is you mentioned that kind of timeless nature of Springsteen's music. What I think is interesting about this movie, actually, is that the period of time that it is set in is kind of like after people are into Springsteen. And I found that to be really interesting because it would have been very easy, I think, for the movie to be set during a time when... Uh, there was already a lot of attention on his music and you've got a lot of characters in this film saying like, Oh, that's like, you know, so many years ago, nobody's talking about that anymore. And I think it's a very fascinating way into this story that inspiration can come from any place. And it doesn't necessarily just have to be so dominant in the culture and your creative outlet can get sparked by anything. And it doesn't really matter where, it necessarily isn't the culture. You just have to find it and let it work its magic on you. And I found that to be a really uh, engaging avenue for the film to take. Uh,
0: I definitely agree with you on that.
1: Okay. Final thoughts.
0: Great out of 10. Oscar potential. Casey, let's pass it to you.
2: Yeah, I think I, like I said, I feel like I made all my points kind of clear in my written review. But to reinstate, I... I just got sucked in by this movie and fell in love with it. And I think that it's nice to just see something and just like it. And I think that's the message of why he likes Springsteen and why it speaks to him. And it's, like, nice to just like something. And it felt like that leaving the movie of just, like, like just coming out of the movie being like, yes, this is just nice. And I know that that can be the argument for things like Green Book and whatever of just, like, I just like this because it feels nice. But, like, I don't know. I just when there's a lot of shit in the world, and I think this movie also says that, it's nice for something to bring you joy and to feel good, and to feel good leaving the movies. Like, it's nice to see something that's, like, happy and fun when I feel like I've seen a lot of things lately that have either been, like, depressing or thought-provoking, which have their place, and I love. Love crying. Big fan. But (laughs) I think that this spoke to something that was really nice and refreshing for me. I gave it an eight in my review because I think that I think the script problems I'm like even me as somebody who loves it, can't ignore that kind of stuff, even though like deep down it might secretly be a nine, but it's I'll, I'll say an eight for now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Josh, what about you?
1: Yeah, I think that this is a movie that just is so full of charm and energy to it that it is so easy to get won over by it. And I think that a lot of that has to do with the performances and with the message of the film. I do think that those problems with the script do kind of bother me to a certain extent. There's enough in the movie that makes up for it, but the way that there are, that the film does kind of go into some cliches, the way that some of the side characters are kind of severely underwritten, in my opinion, does detract it from being like an all out great movie to me. But overall, there's still so much in here that I did enjoy that it it is still an easy movie for me to recommend. And Because of that, I would give it a 7 out of 10. And
0: that's 3 for 3 over here. Hey, listen, no one wins unless everyone wins, right? As they say in the movie. So, Mm -hmm. I'm giving it an 8 out of 10 as well. And so, my last thing I want to just point out is I also want to just point out too, um, if anyone is listening right now that either comes from an immigrant family or or just any family really in general, especially this movie I think really does – highlight and illustrate the sacrifice that immigrant families uh, have to make when they come here and how they have to work twice as hard as uh, families that are, you know, that are born here because of what they have to overcome in terms of those built-in prejudices and the future that they, you know, these parents are trying to instill in their children to make to make sure that they have a better life. Like we were saying before in regards to uh, Javed's father and everything that he goes through in this with losing his job and wanting to be able to provide for the family. And here comes his son with these hopes and dreams of being a writer. A writer's not going to pay any money. Well, I, didn't, I didn't, you know, bring you guys over here for you to be, become a writer, you know, and listen to this Bruce Springsteen guy. And I understand completely where he's coming from in that regard. And I think there's great conflict there. And I think there's great exploration of humanity within those characters, which leads to a very emotionally poignant climax that, Casey, I'm right there with you. The tears were working. They were coming. <laughs> as cliche, sentimental as it might've been, I was I was really, really feeling it by the end of this film. And so I don't want to use the expression dancing in the aisles, I'll, I'll say bobbing my head in the aisles. That's for <laughs> sure. I was definitely bobbing my head up and down and instantly, right away, immediately, went onto my iPhone, went into Apple Music, typed in Bruce Springsteen. I wanted to listen to more. And like I said, I can't think of any better compliment to play to pay to film than that. So to reiterate, eight out of 10, last but not least now, awards potential for Blinded by the Light. Uh, well... Sorry, I didn't mean to end it on a sad note, but let's let's try and find a positive here. Do we see a Golden Globe for musical comedy in this film's future anywhere?
2: That would be a pleasant surprise. (laughs) Emphasis on surprise. I feel I think that this movie and to be fair, I feel like weirdly enough, the like musical or comedy categories will sometimes pop out these much smaller movies like i think a few years ago there was the one pride and a couple others that'll just like pop out of nowhere in there and like maybe this could also play into like the hollywood foreign press and like win them over i'm not predicting it anytime soon for that but it it would be a nice pleasant surprise
1: <laughs> if it was it really like, would be
0: yeah,
1: yeah it it would be but i am hesitant to predict that unfortunately and I, these two movies should not really be compared but I kind of get the feeling like this spot would go to something like yesterday. I only. knew it. Yeah. Yep.
0: I-, I was thinking that too. And I was like, this is the better movie, but damn it. Yesterday is the one that like made more, money. more people obviously saw. Yeah. It's got a flashier cast and crew behind it. <sighs> it's
1: yeah, just unfortunate. It's shame, <laughs> because as you know, man, I'm not a fan of yesterday. I would much rather prefer this movie to get that kind of attention, but
0: Yeah, yesterday you didn't like yesterday, but today you're blinded by the light. I get it.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. (laughs) But this is such a much better film that I would love to get um, notices like that. But I think that it's also kind of struggling at the box office right now, too, which is a shame. And that's all stuff that doesn't really help a narrative for a film like this. So I don't really see there being a lot of awards potential behind this, sadly. But, you know, people should still go out and see it. It definitely deserves your attention.
2: Yeah, maybe this will be one of those like Sing Street that like people are like, oh, I missed this in theaters. Where was it? And it becomes this like big streaming hit, sort of. It's like, I don't want to say cult classic, but like, because, but like that, like Sing Street in that way. Cause yeah, I don't know why they decided to dump this into 2000 theaters. Because, oh, boy, it was like suddenly I was like, oh, this is in theaters now here. Like, it was like, a, oh,
0: I had the exact same reaction. This came out a week ago today that we're recording this. And my initial thought process was, oh, we'll we'll have this as the second review for later on in the week, you know, to give people some time to see it. No, people were able to see it right away. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, when does that happen? Like, what's what's going on with the August release schedule of this month? You know, oh, there's no. a lot of movies being released on Wednesday, it looks like lately.
1: And and I saw this movie in Dolby Atmos, which I found to be very bizarre. But wow, you know, I was glad that they decided to do that. But I, you know what I think them.
0: it is. I, I think I know what it is. If I remember correctly, I'm pretty positive they spent on this movie at Sundance something like thirteen million. If I remember correctly,
1: yeah, it was a. I remember that was one of the big titles. Uh, they clearly bought.
0: had aspirations for this to be a moneymaker and they probably felt whether through early, you know, testing or whatever it might have been just from a marketing standpoint. No, no, no. You can't release this in a platform. You, you, you're you, definitely not going to make back the money. You need to release this wide and just try to recoup at least a 15. And if it catches on and does 30, great. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: yeah. that's fair. And like our, I think um, Will Mavity tweeted this on the box office is coming in for this of like The amount of these, like, big buys at Sundance that aren't making money of, like, what's the future of that platform and mentality? And I don't know.
0: I think the future is that movies are going to be bought for less.
2: Yeah. And go to Netflix.
0: (laughs) Uh, Because, unfortunately, like, this year, definitely, like, this year in particular, it's been rough for Sundance acquisitions.
2: Yeah, like, and even other stuff kind of. In like, like, I mean, the argument always is for this year has been book smart, but also, yeah, like late night and others where it's just like the farewell is like the anomaly of all this, which is great. But like, yeah.
0: And the farewell could continue to still have legs and, you know, do more. But, you know, I look at late night, late night hasn't even made $20 million. That's including domestic and foreign. (sighs)
1: So sad.
0: (laughs) It really is. It really, really is. I
1: love that movie. Oh,
0: and it's interesting, too, because, like, Fighting With My Family is the highest grossing movie from this year's Sundance. And that, if I remember correctly, was already, like, set to come Like that, yeah, that wasn't an acquisition.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So... Was that Universal?
0: Uh, I think it was MGM.
1: Was it MGM? I can't, yeah, I can't
0: remember. Yeah. But, like, that, you know, so when I think about that and, like, how... Late Night, The Farewell, Apollo 11, Blinded by the Light are, like, the next movies, like, underneath that. Like, this has just been a very, very rough year for movies that premiered at Sundance. Very, very rough. Yeah. And that's a shame, like you said.
2: Yeah, because it's good movies. It's not like it's the quality. It's, you know, the money's what matters.
0: Yeah, and when you see people on social media, like, begging people, please, like, you know, you already saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Go see something else, you know? Yeah. For the love of God.
2: Which is what makes me really happy about The Farewell doing so well. That's, you know. And it's yeah. like we can't predict when this, like, I feel like now a lot of times we're assuming when things are going to make a lot of money. And, like, I feel like we can't predict it at some point.
0: Right. Right. All right. Let's leave on a high note, okay?
2: <laughs> Yay for this movie. We <laughs> like it, yeah, it.
0: All righty. Casey, where can I find you on the internet?
2: You can find me on Twitter at Casey Lee Clark.
0: How about you, Josh Parham? Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter
1: at jr Parham.
0: And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Blinded by the Light here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support which you can lend over over at patreon where for one dollar minimum a month you can get some exclusive podcast content from us thank you so much for listening as always and we shall see you all next time